forever. Dog. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. There's a third person. Wait a minute. Like, Zoom went away. My my recording started looking like it wasn't recording. Welcome to Treks in the City. I'm your host, David oh, Reese. Damn it this is a hell, podcast David. about no, Star not- Trek, the next <laughs> generation. You can't do that. Yes. Join us as we explore this yes. iconic sci-fi God. TV series. No guests no, this week. Over. It's just me doing a 90-minute no, monologue happened. about my impressions as a young and now old Fuck. viewer of this iconic yeah. Roddenberry-based franchise. It follows, of course, the exploits of the USS Starship, uh, I want to say Enterprise, as it flies through yes. space, yes. exploring planets and asteroids new and and many galaxies and new worlds new lies always new lies new civilizations this this series posits why a universe filled with alien civilizations alice thank you so much for welcoming me i'm veronica sorio Thank you for for joining us, Veronica. Oh Appreciate my God, that. it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have me. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I don't understand. Alice don't like that. Here's what pisses me off about this is that Veronica suddenly, when I was trying to host the show, was like, "Hello, my computer doesn't work. There's no Zoom anymore. It's gone. It's Everything di- went away. Bankrupt as a as a company." David starts the show and suddenly Veronica's like, ah, ha, 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 we having a good time. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Everything suddenly... got fixed. Oh, God. I, ha- I installed this codes. Is misogyny. And when I'm a guest on a podcast, I install malware via untraceable <laughs> emails that debilitates people's Zoom until I start acting as the host. Gentlemen, I think gentlemen, loved ones, friends of the show, and by extension, women that they own, Welcome to Treks of the City. I'd like to present our guest, David Rees, who has already taken over the podcast, honestly doing a, a much better job than we will ever do. Uh, Anna's here. She won't talk to me. She's done this entire thing without ever speaking to me. <laughs> She's really excommunicated me at this point. And honestly, I know why. Uh, you know him from Dicktown on FXS and FXX, and now it's on Hulu, too. Ever heard of it? Okay, it's Hulu. And also, John Hodgman is on that show. But you tune in for the David Reese, you know what I'm saying? And also known, known as a co-host with Starley Kine and John Kimball of the Election Profit Makers podcast, which you should check out on your podcasting devices also known as your Candy Crush Machines that you use to make phone calls. Hello, David <laughs> Rees. Welcome Hi, thanks to for having the show. Me. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for taking over. 
Does anybody know where that music is coming from? <laughs> I think it's. I think that's, that's Veronica. Okay. No, I think. Are you I, do it? I think you come with that music. God damn it, <laughs> Veronica! That's going into your recording of your own voice. Yeah, bitch. You're gonna get like the silent treatment TV from movie. Anna. <laughs> yeah, I have many more. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, uh, David, thanks for, for being, being here. here. Wait, it's absolutely uh -huh. my pleasure. Thanks for the inviting me to come on to talk about suspicions. This episode and all this is really the exciting. way to Canada, you've come. That's true, right. You're in Canada sense? right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Are you and in Vancouver? So you, a little bit of you is as well. That's exciting. I'm astral I'm, projecting to Canada. Yeah. I'm asshole projecting right back to where you are. That's right. When others astral project, we asshole project. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's polite enough. Where are you right now? Where, where is David in the world? I'm in, uh, in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. We're neighbors. Oh, okay. Uh, Alice, how is Canada? So Alice had to get to Canada and self-quarantine. Alice had for... to get to Canada. <laughs> well, I just wa was one, like I'm watching Handmaid's Tales right now. So I'm like, she got to, Can <laughs> she got to Canada. I got through, <laughs> baby. I'm here. Uh... <laughs> I do feel that, that amount of safe. Do you feel like you escaped? I feel like uh, I'm safe, but for now, you know what I mean? There might be a season two. Oh, don't tell me any spoilers. Of my, I, of my situation. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But um, um, can, can Americans fly into Canada like it's anything, like it's nothing or? It's, they can't fly in like it's anything or like it's nothing. Okay. They can only How fly really in feel? like it's really something. Okay. And we have flew in yesterday like it was something. Oh, there you just were... got to Canada. David, catch up. You um, just got there yesterday? Yes. And you just got to wow. this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, David. Red chair, matching red backpack, hanging on back of chair. Yeah. Bookshelf. You have no idea. Look, red chair. There's like... Uh, Ukulele, tote bag, ring light. Millions of... Uh, cards, and then here are those greeting cards. Oh, you're works. making. Are you doing collage? Yeah, Oh my gosh, that's cool. I have a little collage uh, area, but it's in the other room. So really, yeah. So what do you? Okay, um, I'm interested in this. I have a big bin, and so I classify them by body parts, um, clothes, <laughs> <laughs> clothes, and then mm -hmm. oh, that's landscape. not what serial killers do at all. So that's fine. Do you only collage human bodies? Is that why you sort them by anatomy? I don't know. I do, I do feel very attracted to like... Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Taking parts, body parts, so, like a dismembering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and rearranging. Parts. And, but these are uh, tarot cards and stuff. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I see that. Yep, a deck of tarot cards. Okay. Sorry for everyone at home. You're just going to have to picture my crazy-ass office. Um. Guys, picture a crazy ass office for me. Breathe in, breathe Tarot out. Tarot cards, right, body you're, you're parts good. spread all around, backpacks. <laughs> You've mm. probably seen this movie before. Venezuelan flag hanging in the back. So, David, will you do a quick tell us about um, one of the two things we plugged? Because I haven't listened to your podcast yet. And actually, please tell me about the podcast because I'm interested. 
Sure, I'd be happy to. Election Profit Makers, now in its second season, is hosted by myself, along with my friend from childhood in North Carolina, John Kimball, and our mutual friend, Starley Kine. It is a current events podcast with a unique twist in that we actually bet our own money on online prediction markets. So unlike most pundits who talk about who's going to win what election, we actually put our money where our mouth is. It's a rollicking take-no-prisoners Barrel full of monkeys joyride across our compromised political landscape. Are you and it happens something? every week. And it's a real podcast and you can listen for free. Uh, and that's election profit makers. And have you like you have a real like podcast voice? Well, I think most white guys have podcast voices. Is it really that he has a podcast voice or have we defined podcast voice? Yeah, here we go. I like this. This is good. This is um, interesting. I uh, so how, how much oh, how much money were you talking? Like, have you lost or do you play to win? That's a great question, and I'm happy to answer it. In 2016, <laughs> we See, all lost podcast. a lot of money on the on election night. It was a genuinely <laughs> awful experience. Sorry, but I'm oh, happy no. to say that last week, John and Starley made about a thousand dollars betting on the Democratic vice presidential markets. That's incredible. They, they won money both on who the nominee would be, who was obviously Kamala Harris. And then they also, there was a separate market on when Joe Biden would time the announcement of his running mate. And they made money on the timing market. Mm. So for every political event that takes place, there's usually, there's usually multiple ways to bet on associated markets using this website, predicted.org. Of course there is. It sounds yummy. I lost um, money this week because I had bet against Mike Pence being the Republican vice presidential nominee. And I had really? also made kind of a crazy bet that Donald Trump would not be the 2020 GOP nominee. But obviously, both of those events have come to pass. I wonder for you if the logic was, if Donald Trump is not the nominee, I will both be happy and rich. That is precisely the logic. And it has never worked out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but the odds are so bad that the money has to be great. Yeah, because the return would have been insane because you could buy... I can't even remember what I paid for oh those shares. Oh, my God. The, and the, almost the right. idea of that euphoria is so intense that it's worth it. It's worth whatever you lost. Yeah, totally. Except like psychological I'm excited. Hedge, psychological hedging is what it's called. Yeah. I think it's just too hard to bet against what you're hoping for. Quite this hard. Is a, Quite this hard. is a long-standing dispute on our podcast, which is whether you should bet with your head or your heart. Are you, are you treating good? these markets as an investment vehicle or as a wishing well? <gasps> and until recently, Starley insisted on betting with her heart. She would not bet on things she did not want to happen. And then John, my friend who introduced us to these markets, corrupted her. And now Starley, like John, is a complete sociopath who only cares about maximizing her investment returns. I think that's, I think that's healthy for, for the woman. It's always healthy for women to become sociopaths. It's election profit makers podcast. Make as much if money you as listen. possible. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this is great. I wanted to say to you, David, that this is a really interesting full circle for me and for my uncle Roger, who is going to listen to this episode, um, because we and I was a fan of your work back when I was really a child, and now I'm in my late teens, as you could tell. Mm -hmm. Um. But I got your book, um, My New Fighting Technique is Unstoppable, somewhere. 
at a store in Minneapolis when I was younger. And I was like, this is the f- funniest thing in the world. And I Well, that's very person. nice of you to say. I appreciate that. You should know that. I was that obsessed with it. My new fighting technique is unstoppable is also part of FXX's cake programming block. Although I'm not sure it's on Hulu. We did make little animated versions of that. You made animated versions of it? Yes, Alice. We made animated versions of My New Fighting Technique is Unstoppable. You cannot watch this stuff in Canada. People really complain about that to Hodgman and me on Twitter. I'm really sorry. You have to come back to America to see these wonderful shows. I'm flipping off. Do you still feel safe? Do you still feel so safe? I might as well get COVID. I can't watch (laughs) that. I can't watch Grey's Anatomy. But Alice, I think we have a more recent connection. Yes. Which is, I think... The, that's the ancient connection. You that's the ancient connection. Okay. the ancient connection. That's the my 23 track. connection. Okay. But then okay. I think when I was hosting a comedy <laughs> show in New York City, I think you performed <laughs> mm-hmm. at it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When was this? This was... I was so bad. This was probably... In t- I'm closing my eyes because I don't have my notes in front of me about this era. <laughs> So I can't remember. I want to say it was 2012. Wow. Okay. Right? Okay. 2012. Mayan. Very Mayan. In fairness to me. Very Mayan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Extremely Mayan. In fairness Mayan. to me, I had not um, totally, like, I was early on in my comedy stand-up career. So how, you know, whatever you think. I'm, it, as you can tell, I'm way funnier now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't remember any disastrous performances throughout. I mean, the show was a disaster because very few people came and the skylight leaked and the show started when it was still light outside because it was the first show of the night. So it was kind of a strange dreamlike experience, (laughs) but I enjoyed it anyway. It's pretty interesting that two people on a podcast in L.A. have actually done comedy together in New York. I bet that's never happened before. I see your sarcasm, Matejo. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I miss New York. I miss doing st- shows like in s- somebody's drawer. Yeah. Like exactly. New York is just so classic furniture you know, shows. Doing sh- doing a show in an armoire. If, like people, like, I would joke. I lived in Brooklyn, and I would joke like, "Don't open a business because." Comedy in New York is like the mob. Like if you try to open a small business, within a few weeks, a comedian will show up and just put a mic stand there. And you're like, uh, come on. And you're like, you want to fucking be, have protection? Um, this is a nice coffee You're doing coffee an open shop. mic. It'd be, it'd be a shame if a comedy show happened to it. <laughs> exactly. $200 a week or we're going to be doing this every Tuesday night at, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, so welcome to... This show that you're on now, which is Star Trek related, um, have you ever watched? She she left. Veronica goes, it is Star Trek. It is walks away from the camera. She's going to get her glue stick so she can finish assembling a new woman from these fashion magazines she's cutting up. I just have to get something. I named her Cherie. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So is... Are you a fan of Star Trek? Have you ever watched Star Trek before? 
Well, so this is what was interesting to me. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation, I had to go on the internet to see when it was made because it's one of those shows where I know I've watched it, but I'm not sure I've watched it. Or I don't know where in my life I was when I watched it. Like, I recognize all the characters. I have associations. Like, I really like Data. I used to have a crush on Counselor Troy. I remember that Worf, it took a long time for him to get into his makeup. So I know that it's a part of my life, but I don't remember. Where you picked it, picked it up? Yeah. Did I watch it in high school? Did I watch it when I graduated college? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember any episodes. I don't remember anything about it. The only thing I remember is that one time they were all old-timey gangsters in Chicago. But I don't even mm-hmm. think I saw that episode. I just think that mm-hmm. was so mind-blowing that it was probably in Entertainment Weekly or something. They, yeah, so I don't know. It's possible, David, you that the you were hypnotized. Yeah, I might have been hypnotized by one of and the cast members as part of a viral a marketing strategy to go out and then right. be a buzz agent and talk it up in bars to unsuspecting <laughs> potential viewers. They they took one look at you and they were like, this guy goes to bars Yeah, they're like, <laughs> where we need those eyeballs. Totally. So and they I'm familiar you. with it. And I have positive associations with it, but I okay. don't remember watching there. any other episode other than the one I was assigned for this week's podcast. Mm. That's so interesting. Um, like uh, that, that happens to me with pop songs. Like I'll never just play one on the radio or purposefully go, go look for, for songs, but somehow I know them all, even like the newest ones. Osmosis. Yeah. Pop osmosis. Popsmosis. Yeah. Maybe I just saw Star Trek The Next Generation in people's cars as they drove by, like how you get to know pop songs just from hearing them in traffic and stuff. Maybe it was like that, but with these TV shows. Maybe. And here's what I think. I think that Star Trek The Next Generation specifically is such a, I think it's a unique, a very unique for its time show, the way that it was episodic. I mean, all shows at the time were episodic, like they all did. Like all the episodes were self-contained pretty much. But this show was so like sci-fi-y and but like it was like Twilight Zone in space. So I think people when they did catch it and they'd never seen it before would tend to watch that episode. Like that's how I started watching was that I was like it was on somebody else's watching it and I would like walk by and be like wait, what is, you get drawn in really easily is what I'm saying. And I think that that happened to you. And that's what I call hypnotizing. So I was hypnotized by the show itself. (laughs) Yeah, you were hypnotized by being interested in the show. But then when I was done watching it, they wiped my memory of it? No, you just left that person's house and then forgot. And then you went somewhere else and saw it. So you didn't keep watching it in the same space, I'm saying. I do have specific memories of certain eras in my life and certain locations where I really watched a lot of the same show. My apartment yeah. in Boston, every right? week I would watch Living Single and Martin. <laughs> I remember those shows relative to that sofa and that little crummy room. But that's what right. I'm saying about The Next Generation. Maybe because it was on for so long, it spanned yes, multiple yes. viewing contexts. And so that's yes. why in my memory, now. it is a little more amorphous and hazy as to wh- where did I watch that? I know I've watched it, but I don't remember. And maybe right. that's just a testament to its that's longevity, right. which in turn speaks to its high quality. So congratulations. Uh, and, then, and the word for longevity 
hypnotistiest show goes to. Um, the I remember watching Battlestar Galactica in my like I remember the wood paneling in the room that I was living in at the time. You're talking about oh. the new Battlestar Galactica. Yes, there's an older one from the '70s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I watched that one as a little kid. I associate that with my friend Charles's house because we would watch it. And also he had Battlestar Galactica toys, which I did not have. Ooh, where did you grow up? Cool. I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Oh. We call it Battlestar Country. <laughs> we call that Battlestar Country. You yeah. know, just uh, Battlestar stuff Galactica. Space. That's a joke for my North Carolina listeners out there. Damn. In jokes for the NC. Mm-hmm. Um, go so, Duke. I'm curious to know. I'm not from Durham. I'm from Chapel Hill. Okay. Go heels. Go heels. Yeah. I know that it gets really heated over there with you. It's guys just basketball fun. Basketball. Uh, Beto. Oh well, just, so uh, no, I was curious. Like, how did you have a, a crush on Troy? Well, I guess from watching this damn show, right? I mean, that's what I can't Human figure with- out. I mean, it must just be that I saw her and I thought she was, you know, she's very striking looking. And I remember very distinctly seeing her on a talk show like David Letterman or whoever hosted talk shows Ooh. back then. Um, Johnny, Car- it wouldn't have been Johnny Carson, but maybe it was, maybe it was, um, gosh, Jay Leno. And they asked her about her accent and she said, I made up this accent. It's a synthetic accent of my own creation. And I was like, I love this woman. That's so intriguing. Maybe in Arsenio Hall? It could have been Arsenio Hall, yeah, because this is the Arsenio Hall era. And the Joan Rivers even had a talk show for a little while. Because to have a crush, that's like, you know, you kind of know the actor. Hey, John, give me the action. My next guest is the first sex symbol of the Oh, my gosh, look at this. She plays a half-human, half-alien, Dina Troy. On he Star called Trek. her a sex symbol. The next generation. He did. Let's take a look at how tough life in outer space can be. Whoa. I came to see if I could be of any help. They play longer clips than us on this show. There's nothing wrong. I'm just tired, that's all. Now, I may not have your gifts at reading emotions, counselor, but I can tell when someone is in pain and hiding it. That's so silly. I hear music in my mind, music that won't stop. Marina Sirtis. Oh, that album. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You see what I'm talking about? She looks like she could be in a heavy metal video. And that, that like, band take on the theme song? Ugh. Slaps. Ah, hi. I was going to ask you about your costume on the show, but let's talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody made this jacket for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it, it's just a regular biker jacket with uh, things hanging off it and a and an eagle on the back. 
see the eagle on the back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Was he looking at the eagle? Yes, it's right, a great right. eagle. All right. So. It's a real nice eagle. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the costume on the show. Uh, by the way, that's very Thank nice. Thank you for obviously. Right. Nice try. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been on a lot for a little over two years now, and you have to walk past my office. I don't know if you know this, to go to the cafeteria. I do? Yeah, and I've, I've, I've watched, you know, you walk. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, yeah, <laughs> tough eagle. Uh, uh, the costume. That's is Arsenio great. Hall not a good interviewer? Well, it didn't stop. It, it is now. Eventually, we've, we've finally gotten to something like... that is... Nice. We started off with. That's so actually, funny. We did start off with a mini dress. Yeah, and um, one of the producers then described me as the cosmic cheerleader in this outfit, yeah. and so that kind of went. And then we got what I call the ugly gray spacesuit, which uh, was wasn't very nice. But now we've kind of gone and we have the, spa- the regular spacesuit, and now we have the green dress. Yeah. With um, this, I have to talk about the underwear. You see. Um, I did a little thing okay. in a magazine, and, and I mentioned the underwear, and I started getting mail by the sack load mm-hmm. um, because they wanted to know what the underwear was. Now, um, more specifically, what do you mean when you... Well, basically, in the 24th century, we're wrinkle-free. Okay. Right. Okay. So um, you can't have any wrinkles here. Mm-hmm. So what they do is I have to wear this kind of corset thing yeah. and a, a special bra. <sighs> and um, the bra's great. I mean, the bra's great. I mean, I, I take the bra off, and I kind of go... Where did they go? You know, this, this bra is great. Wow, this is upsetting. Crazy. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time back then. Every and she every time we dip into it, you're like, oh, I would I can't wait to get back on the ship. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucked up. The second you're off the ship, you want to wear your own jacket, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, is it like 54? Um, but you can see that me having a crush on her, like she was obviously, you were not a only of, a sex symbol, yeah. right? I mean, well, that was a pretty in, provocative outfit she wore on Arsenio's Hall show. If you were a young uh, George Michael, you would have had a crush on her because the whole point about around her and her like was like indoctrinating people into thinking that she's a sex symbol. She couldn't be anything else. Because, yeah. like, the minute... It's like in the original series when women would walk by uh, Captain Kirk. Like, you couldn't just walk by Captain Kirk. You would walk by Captain Kirk, the camera would slow down, Kirk would go like this, and then there would play a, go like, a, a trumpet, and it would be like... you just like... Can I just go from point <laughs> A to B? No? Insane. Okay. It's... Not if Kirk's uh, around. It's really striking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, episode we watched doesn't have any Troy in it. It's only Beverly Crusher. It's interesting. It makes me think that they must have been shooting multiple episodes at the same time and figuring mm. out which ca- cast members could do which episodes, you know? Because obviously Wesley Crusher isn't, it e- isn't in it either. And, he is um, barely in this season. And uh, Jordy, is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lavar. he's barely in it. Well, this particular episode is like a Dr. Crusher episode, which yeah, they're Crusher centric. So today, it, it, this one, Suspicion, so season six, episode 22, and I think it's like the second or third uh, Crusher episode. So it's kind of a, a rare 
in the this whole episode series. is rare in general just uh i wish there were more these are the kind of stuff that i really like when they focus on just one character and uh it's not one of the main guys so mm-hmm. but this is a who done it especially like of the women this episode was intriguing it's basically a parlor right. mystery it's a set in mystery. the world of academic peer review Right. It's a very, very refined bit of and popcorn entertainment. Yes. It's very, very good description, David. Whoa. There you go. Whoa. That's nice. What is and that? That's nice for you. Are these all just this sound is... effects you can trigger? Yeah. What's inspiring? Ladies and st- gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. What's inspiring story? Is that after someone tells an inspiring story? No, that's during an inspiring story. Oh, do you have one? Sure. Okay. Which do you want? Do you have a very inspiring uh, not story? Not very regular? inspiring, just regular. Just inspiring. regular? Okay, ready? Yeah. yeah. Years ago when I was young, I don't remember when and I don't remember how, but God love me, I had the biggest crush on Counselor Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. And one night, get this, kids. I saw her being interviewed on a television talk show. Just think of it. My favorite sci-fi queen. Finally getting a glimpse of her life behind the silver screen. What was the secret of her uncanny erotic accent? Well, friends, it turns out she made it all up. It was a fake accent. A testament to her powers as an actor, a free thinker, and a creative spirit. And so, I finished watching the episode of the talk show and went back and did more homework. I got a B-plus in that class, but it was good enough to get into college. And as they say, the rest is history. Wow! It helps to see the waveform, because then you can time out all the revelations of it's, your inspiring story. That was amazing. True. Yeah, it really helps. That's really wild. It's so It's really important to have that as part of it. What is the military opener? You can't waste your time. We've got stuff to do. You and me, we've got to do a podcast together. Now put down that three-course meal. Yes, Alice! (laughs) It must be really hard not to constantly, constantly hit these buttons. That's correct. If you're not in control of it, it must be absolutely maddening for Veronica. Oh, thank you so much. This is the kind of empathy that no one one ever... See, like, I'm getting interrupted about this, but I'm not going to stop because I'm going to say that it is for us. I'm going to mute myself. (laughs) It is crazy because you're like, I don't know where they're coming from, and there's no control. And we it's both like being have rained ADD. on with sounds. We and we both have ADD, so it's just like crazy. Yeah. Right. But I can do a thing where I can let you control the the soundboard, Veronica. I can still be on my computer, and you can control it. Ooh, that's fun. So, uh, yeah, I can do that later, though. <laughs> So you said Wesley Crusher, like you Um, were like a familiar with the show. You're a regular show watcher. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I know all the I know I don't remember a lot of the characters names, but I remember obviously Data and Jordy and Worf and Troy and Wesley and Picard and Riker. I used to think Riker was kind of like a handsome guy, you know, like what if I could be like him? Yeah. Um. And I remember that there was for, there was a little Ferengi fellow on the ship, I think. And I remember <laughs> that Ferengis were supposed to be bad, but this one was good. And this, the- uh, this is Quark. This is DS9. You're mixing DS9. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got that guy's not that. on this? Uh, you were drunk. Oh. 
It was that you were drunk, David. There That's have, what it was. There has been, there, we have had Ferengis here. Okay. For sure. Well, this story, this episode focuses on a Ferengi scientist, and I thought, <laughs> why doesn't this Ferengi scientist go hang out with that Ferengi on the crew? They could commiserate. But if I have I, now I become obsessed with the way that you say Ferengi. Why? What is it? Ferengi. You've been saying Ferengi. Like merengue. It seems like it's a North Carolina, like, colloquialism. Ferengue. Like, look at this little, look at this little Ferengi fellow. The fighting Ferengis of <laughs> Fulton County. We were dancing to Ferengi music. So we uh, have some clips that I pulled about this episode because I like the way that this episode started. I thought it was effective. And, of course, it's one of the Whoopi Goldberg episodes really that we do have, which she's got a great deal going where she No, doesn't... no. One second. Speaking of Whoopi Goldberg, this is the very last appearance of Guinan. No way. Yes. So she remains on Enterprise D and plays uh, a role in the next two movies, uh, Generations and Nemesis. But this is the very last time we see Whoopi playing Guinan really? in TNG. Yes, it's so sad. I just read it and I didn't like, I watched the episode and was like, oh, Guinan's here. But I didn't like say goodbye. And now I'm like, oh, no. This is the so last your time. last memory of her is her rejecting a space tennis racket and saying, actually, I don't even play tennis. Yes, and being like, I tricked you so I can be your friend. Mm-hmm. Now I'll disappear forever. Yes. So sad. <laughs> now that I've confirmed your friendship, may we never speak again. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't that sad? Alice, where did you go? To Sad Town? Okay. Suspicions. Episode uh, six, uh, season six, episode 22. Dr. Crusher violates start fleet regulations and medical ethics. And she investigates the death of a Ferengi scientist. Now, this is something that I found to be... I love the fact that they centered the episode on Crusher. I love that she got to do something besides just be baffled, um, which is generally her job. But she violates Star Trek uh, rules all the time. That's, like, all she does. Really? Is like, if they're like, you can't operate on this person because it's against regulation, she's like, I don't care! She just does it all the time. Whenever they're on an island, or I mean, not an island, but a, a planet. I don't know if she violates as much. Does well, she? this episode, it really did make it feel like a true transgression. Like she was going to have to go down to Earth or... or um, that the, uh, station, whatever, yeah. And and face a review board because, because she did violate protocol. Like big yeah. time. Even more so, like, there's, like, a lot of regulation. I think Ferengi, uh, in the Ferengi uh, planet, Ferengi, Ferenginar. The Ferengi, the Ferengi community. The Ferengi community those that are is highly identify offended. as Ferengi. Ferengi and Ferengi-identified uh, fellow. They, they actually have, like, a whole thing in Deep Space Nine when one of the, the senior Ferengi people dies, the, the Grand Nagas. Uh, so they distribute the body parts of the Grand Nagas because they have like actual value and they don't, they don't, they're, it's like a big thing with the Ferengi Just like you with your body part collages. Thank you. Yes, exactly. That's where I, actually, that's where I wanted to, that's my way to go into body parts. Um, (laughs) no, but it's, it's really that, so the DS9 episodes that talk about the Ferengi, uh, burial laws are the Nagas and body parts those 
those two episodes. Um, so a scientist wouldn't be buried like that, but she did violate like big time. So so you're saying her what do you think was her bigger violation? The fact that she flew the shuttle back into the sun or that she performed an autopsy in spite of the Ferengi family's wishes that she not violate the corpse? The autopsy. No? I actually think the the autopsy for sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Because think about this. Like she's risking her own life for science. Mm, people do that all the time. That's yeah, but kind she's of also essential. risking starship property. I mean, that shuttle was not. Nobody hers cares to about shuttles. Is that true? Ever. Oh. Like as in the in the future, they've finally gotten the message. Unlike uh, in our current state of affairs, where we think property is more important than black people, oh. um, we in the future the idea is nobody cares about property. There's not even money anymore, essentially, especially in the Federation. The only money in the universe is like exchanged by Ferengi. So like. Uh, but of- I'm not sure that's true because actually at the end of the episode when she presents <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg with that tennis racket, I think she says, I saw this and bought it. Doesn't she I reference know, buying it? That violates. Well, she could have bought it from a Ferengi if you wanted it in the universe. Or maybe she didn't buy it. Maybe she just said, I saw this and thought you had to have it. A tennis I, racket was really cool. We are going right. to watch that clip. Oh, okay. Sir, right. no you quest. You can cut this part. But... <laughs> Yeah, Anna, isolate this and put it late. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, they don't care about shuttles. They're always destroying shuttles for science, constantly. They're like, could we launch a shuttle into it just to see what would happen? So they don't worry about that. The Ferengi autopsy, though, that would piss Picard off. Because he, the last thing Picard wants to do is go to a Ferengi planet and have to deal diplomatically with a bunch of pissed off Ferengis. That's nobody wants to do that. Right. People he would said something like, you've put me in a really awkward situation and I really hope the Ferengi government doesn't get wind of this because yeah. then we're going to have yeah. to deal with this forever. Yes, forever. And he's correct because they'll they'll go like, well, now you owe us Latinum. Yeah, it's really fucked up how the Ferengi are. So this is the first clip that I pulled. It's a it's like the opening of the clip. I thought it was interesting not only because of Whoopi Goldberg, but because um, it was the first time Whoopi Goldberg lies about having tennis elbow in this episode and also tricks the doctor into mm-hmm. thinking she doctor, has tennis elbow. Jordy beat me in straight sets today. I think I've developed tennis elbow. Well, you better go to sick bay. I think Dr. Solar's on duty. I don't want to see Dr. Solar. I always see you. I'm very particular about my doctors. Well, you better get a new one because I'm not a doctor on this ship anymore. <gasps> Guess what my first two notes on my notepad were? Please. First I'm note. So Please don't first make a note. guess. Did you say you do want to guess? No, don't. I okay. don't want to guess. Um, first note is tennis elbow. Second mm-hmm. note is mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor on this ship anymore. Amazing. I knew those were important, okay, okay. so I wrote them down on my notepad. Really important. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I hope somebody finds your notes someday and is like, whoa. Um, second clip. Do I have to hit you with my fist before you tell me what happened? It all started when those scientists came on board. No, it started when I got curious. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's why I went to the Altine conference. I'd heard about a new subspace technology developed by a Ferengi, a Dr. Rega. Ferengi scientist. Hmm. 
His invention was based on metaphasic fields, but his methodology was completely unorthodox. I took notes on that. Mute him. Nobody else would listen to him. They all but jeered him off the stage. But I had read his paper, and his work was extraordinary. So you gathered all these scientists to come hear this Ferengi? Yes, I hoped I could be a facilitator. I thought that if I invited scientists from various cultures to board the Enterprise, I could sit them down and help them to understand the value of his ideas. Like a scientific diplomat. Scientific diplomat. diplomat. Exactly. So I love persuading that. the captain, I had to round up as many scientists as I could from the field of subspace technology. This is the but best of all one. The scientists I invited, only four were interested in hearing about Dr. Ray's invention. And I wasn't altogether sure that they were going to be compatible. Kurak was a war. Dr. Kurag. This is the first time I've seen it spelled out. Kurak. So. I thought it was Kurag. Kurak. The coffee maker. I had I to stop and like start the TV three times to catch that line for my notepad. His invention was based on metaphasic fields, but his methodology was completely unorthodox. But you really wanted to write it down? I, the thing I would really like, like to talk about on this show is the role <laughs> of space technobabble. I love it so much. It makes me so excited and happy when you're in it's that- It's been a minute. Where you don't know like, I, this sounds crazy, metaphasic fields and subspace technology. And you, part of you is thinking like, this is all fake, right? Like they're just having fun in the writer's room. But then part of it, I looked it up because I was like, what if me, what if metaphasic fields is like a real thing in like biology and they grab this terminology for Star Trek. But when I Googled it, I got a Star Trek fan oh, page yeah. that just keeps track of all the scientific terms. I, it's so creative and goofy. Like there's so much jargon gobbledygook in this episode so much it makes me so happy it's so silly and fun my notepad was burning up with all these terms about eps flow regulators look at this oh wow the metaphasic shield technology was later used in the by the enterprise the under the command of dr crusher in descent part two an episode to combat the borg james horan also guest starred in that episode but as lieutenant barnaby and the crazy thing is, they reuse about, the technology once they come up with it. That's interesting well, they, too. They, that's yeah. good though, because yeah, otherwise right? there would be no in-universe explanations for what yeah. those things consistently did. The crazy thing I think is that Jordy, who is the ship's head of engineering, it's essentially in his in his job description he has to say the most techno babble. And he's the only one that can't read off cue cards because he's got the visor. He has the visor. So he has to memorize all of it, which is bananas. Well, the other crazy thing now that you bring up Jordy is that the, he should have been in charge of this whole scientific diplomatic mission. Why is Beverly Crusher, who's basically a physician, dealing with metaphysic fields and subspace technology? If Jordy really is the engineer, then this is about him because they weren't adjusting human bodies. They were adjusting the... They were adjusting the, the composition of the shuttlecraft, right? That's why it had to be this one particular shuttlecraft. There weren't even any human bodies in the shuttlecraft. Whoa. It was a different alien. It was a, so, yeah, the lizard guy. But I think Beverly's interest was in the Ferengi guy. She like formed a a curiosity and an interest in this specific scientist. Well, that's what she and said. So she said the, the trouble started when I got curious. Yeah, she was just interested in it. Her style of narrating, too, is like, um, 
I would never tell a story like that because it like if I already had two dead bodies, you know, like I'm about to research, <laughs> you know, like I have two dead bodies on me. So and I'm like about to go be court martial or something. And then I'm like, well, it all like um, like, I don't know, so you calm. know, the narration right. would like begin somewhere else. Like you start with a headline when you're just telling a friend like. Because these two dudes who died, you probably heard of them in the fucking bar. Um, right. <laughs> and it wouldn't be like, well, it all I did an autopsy. You'd be like, I don't know when it started. Just leave me alone. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of my questions about that opening scene is another reason that I like this episode was the structure is, I assume this is kind of an unusual structure to do like a flashback voiceover type of yes, yes, thing. Very unusual. When we when the sh- when the episode opens. Two people are already dead, or we think they're dead, correct? Yes, Mm. Yes. So we're starting in the middle of things. And then eventually, by the second half of the episode, we catch up to events as they're unfolding. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. And that's unusual, right? Like, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it's, what I was thinking. Like, the entire format of it all is pretty cool. And the way she narrates it to Guinan is interesting because I would start somewhere else. But this isn't... I would say it's unusual for TV, but it's not unusual for this show to create a, 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 a structure that mirrors uh, yeah. the telling of. I mean, they they do stuff like this all the time. Oh, they do. Yeah, they, they do. They change formats. Like, this stuff show like is this show is replete with um, replete. Good word. Replete. Repleto. Con, repleto Spanish. con really repleto. Repleto. It's okay. This show is repleto. Down. <laughs> Um, structural, like, storytelling that is really creative and interesting way before its time um, because of the fact that I think the original scripts were based on real sci-fi. And then after it gained a fan base, the show creators allowed for fan submissions to dictate um, episode ideas. So what? the creativity was well. Just yeah, like, they accepted. Yeah, uh, uh, they accepted a lot of scripts from from fan, fan submissions. Just like fan submissions would uh, form the basis for a lot of episode ideas. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Huh. That's why no. That's why it's such a good show. Like consistently. Do you guys yeah. like this show? No. I don't know. No, I mean, honestly, are you fans? Do you like it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huge okay. Oh, fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I really like, like we it. do this. We pick it <laughs> we, apart. We pick it apart. Right. The other reason I like it is because whoever we have on the show, if they hate it, we can have fun. If they love it, we can have fun. Right. Yeah. You know, the only way it's not a fun podcast is if the people are totally indifferent to it. Right. Which has happened. Uh, so it, it's interesting to me, like, most people who have never watched it are like, uh, what, what's a, the woman with the big hair or, like, the right. redhead woman? Yeah. But you're like, Wesley Crusher and Troy. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. No. Wesley like, Crusher. Wesley Crusher. Troy. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> I used to have such a crush um, on Counselor Troy. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, ugh. look. Oh, I fell into a bucket. My right. foot's stuck in a bucket. That's you so You keep getting mean. your foot caught in stuff. Yep. 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 <laughs> It is very you. The next clip I have pulled is the shield test that they do with the uh, the guy named Joe Briel, which is the type 
I think I like the name a lot. I like the way that Joe Briel talks about going into the star. I think he's really passionate about it. And it makes well, his really last words happy. are, I saw the sun. I know. And it's like, it reminds me of that great movie called Sunshine by Danny Boyle. Ace of Base song. Ace of Base. I, I also I thought of Ace of Base. I saw the sun. Oh, right. And yeah, it yeah. opened up my eyes. I saw the sun. Flew into a fucking star. Now I'm dying of whatever this disease is. And I don't know what it is. It was the sign, right? Are you literally collaging right now? See, si. she is. All right. I listen. If I had known, I would have got out all my supplies. I could have collaged with you. This like Zoom bullshit is tor- It's torture for me. You I know, understand. I'm yeah, like. Yeah, it's good. You have something to do with your hands. You have something to look at other than the screen. That's smart. It's ADD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is. 1.7 million Kelvins. Temperature is still 21 degrees. So real. And the shield is holding. 350,000 kilometers and closing. Okay, Jabriel. I am actually flying into a star. Congratulations, <laughs> Doctor. This is an amazing Isn't that achievement. Funny? Radiation levels outside the shuttle are nearing 14,000 rads. The temperature inside the cabin is still normal. I am now fully engulfed in the corona. Astonishing. You see, doctors, metaphysic shielding is a reality. Swagger right there, the swagger. Real swagger. Estimate of the plasma turbulence. Dr. Joe Brill. Something's wrong. That's why I'm at today. Sensors indicate an increased level of baryon particles in the cabin. No, that's not possible. Dr. Joe Brill, can you hear me? Please respond. No. Oh, is that you, David? Baryon levels are continuing I to rise, like, sir. I was like, did you say no? Like, I don't understand. This shouldn't be happening. Mr. Wolf, can you beat him out of that? The solar radiation is interfering. He must be Worf's at least like, 500,000 nah. kilometers from the star before we can get a transporter lock. It's policy. We're losing him. Dr. Joe Brill, listen to me. It is imperative that you turn the shuttle. Take it out of the corona. Do you understand me? Pilot the shuttle away from the star. The shuttle is emerging from the corona, sir. Okay, then he goes to sick bay. Now. Again. That's a cortical stimulator there, David Reese. Did you write that down? That there's a cortical stimulator. I saw the sun. That's when I got excited. Yeah. Why? Why? How? Because I thought... This is what I thought, all right? And I'm no great genius, but I thought, oh, he says, I saw the sun. So what's going to happen is the big twist. This is before I realized there was an element of sabotage or a mystery. I was like, Uh oh, the thing is going to be that he saw a sun, S-O-N, in the star. And somehow him saying sun and them interpreting it as S-U-N. Oh, that's so good. Is going to be the crux. But maybe he saw the sun of Shigolaroth, some... 
mystical monster. You know what I mean? Like it was going to be some kind of pseudo religious thing. The sun. Yeah, exactly. I saw the sun of my people. Right. uh, And then, you you know, would win a, I don't know. I was going to say book deal, but I don't think they have book deals in the future. <laughs> I don't know why was, where my mind went. It was like, obviously, if you see something amazing, first thought is to get a book deal. <laughs> like, that's like somebody being like, in in nowadays, being like, oh, I can't wait to get a tablet, like a, a scroll deal. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to get a scroll deal? It's exactly okay. the same, yeah. My scroll right. editor Thanks, is just not happy with my scrolls. <laughs> my scroll, yeah. I, I submitted the, f- the scroll, and they said it has to be... Uh, 1.2 meters shorter. <laughs> Seven said centimeters. I, I quote, and I quote, a waste of papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now I'm getting a giggle. Really now I'm like getting it. a giggle. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Jobriel pilots this shit right out and then fakes his own death. It's a little... When you, it doesn't really hold together in my, in fact, I got confused later in the episode because it wasn't that he faked his own death. He also, let me consult my notepad. I believe that he also phased, he faked the phased pulse, right? Mm -hmm. My notes say that, that data said a phased ionic pulse beamed Uh directly into the metaphasic projection matrix would result in a temporary system malfunction. So mm-hmm. it was left unclear to me. Did Jabril actually do a phased ionic pulse? How did he beam that into himself? Or do you understand what I'm saying? The qu- my question is, did he just fake his own death or did he actually fake the sabotage so they would believe his death? It has to be the latter, but they never really explain how exactly he did that. There are layers on layers. Okay. Out of universe, I'm like, wow, uh-uh. this is a sci- I mean, in universe, I'm like, this is a scientist in the shuttle acting the shit out of like choking. He's just right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And he's yeah. so good at it. But right. also mm-hmm. out of universe, it's an actor acting like he's a scientist who's acting like they're dying. And it's, yeah, like, it's a lot. Ah. And also faking is. I mean, he's doing a lot of acting. Yeah, yeah a lot mm-hmm. like double acting. But didn't he have an, a medical like. Because they're see, it's not like he's just sitting there lying there, being like, "Oh, I'm dying, whatever." Like he, his body was. He can make going his, his body. He can, indu- he can induce what looks to us as death, but he is still alive. Yes. Right. Yes. So yes. he has to have some sort of system failure, and it's got. He's got to be feeling that. So is this Jabril fellow? Is this a known type of alien, or is this just one of those classic Star Trek one-offs where they just come up with a whole or new species? Classic. Is one-off. his name? Is his last name Brill and his Let's first see. name Joe? I think his first name is Jabril because it's J-O apostrophe Brill. I know. Oh, sorry. Jabril. Before you let's saw say. that, it could have been like, he said to uh, Karen. You guys are going to love Joe Brill. You thought Brill. it was Joseph Brill, and everyone calls him Joe Brill. Right. Uh, humanoid species from the planet Takara. There has been other Takarians. Uh, oh, okay. Let me see. Let me see. I'll tell you. Uh, figure like, it out. I feel like the actor who played him, I feel like he's a famous actor because when he was speaking, I felt... Like he was very felt familiar. something, yeah, very familiar to me. Mm. Do they that's, have all these and on that's IMDb? That's the mark of a good actor. Yes. So we could look it up. I guarantee Joe, I've seen him in something. Joseph no, this is the only P. this is the only Brill. episode listed. <laughs> this is the only episode listed, and his name Joseph is P. Brill. My James father Warren. was a scientist. His father before him, 
The actor's name is James Horan. I bet he's famous. I'm going to look at him. How do you spell it? H-O-R. Yeah, this guy. I knew it. I knew it was somebody. And look, he's even in a different episode of Star Trek. I what? had a feeling yeah. this was a familiar face. Yeah. Jabril, Where I found you. This is what'll happen. Where uh what is his his new famous thing? Well, he just looks actually I think he just looks like someone else who's even more famous. I think he looks like the man. <laughs> what a curse. Um Oh, who is he? He's some really famous guy. He plays like a, hero- a heroic character on television. Was he in Hook? Mm, maybe. That's the only movie I've seen, so. So I think I derailed you when you were talking about the Klingon doctor. I'm a, I was All like right, 20 minutes fine. ago. I'm sorry. I feel like my jokes are landing so poorly that you can't hear me. So that's a new low for me. And honestly, hats off. I'm just like impressed by the by the makeup and the like the <laughs> Takaran. It's like fucking crazy. It's blue and green. It has like so much. It, and then on top of that, um, that like metally bed cushion. You know when yeah. he dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like would wow. you do? Would you be on a show like this if you had to be in makeup every day for five hours like a Klingon? Mm. I just think, no. oh, really? You wouldn't? I mean, it's tough because both Veronica and I have wanted nothing more than to be on the Star Trek series I'm like, for so fucking long. And would we sit in makeup? You know what I mean? But like, it is tough. It's yeah. really At this point, tough. To I don't know eat. if that's what I want Your for my career. Your skin is ruined. You know what yeah, I mean? The skin. But the, the, but the cool thing is, think about this. Skin you get to one. be that character. And then you, it's not like you're, you, even if you're only, a, even if you're associated with that character for the rest of your career, you still get to do other things because you got your face. Right. I do get. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, I saw, I saw the, the, even the Lucas, the husband in Handmaid's Tale. I saw him in like a sitcom somewhere else on Hulu. And I was like, no, like it was already hard for me to like accept that he was I, in Handmaid's Tale. And isn't that like Ray Fiennes or something? No, no, the the like her husband. Oh, the the, the original guy, the original husband. Yes, David, have you seen? Have you watched Handmaid's Tale? No. This is now. This podcast is becoming a Handmaid's Tale podcast. Is it switching like, over slowly by slowly? Slowly, slowly by slowly. I just never watch any other shows. I never watch shows in general. It's true. So, so now I'm really? watching like a specific yeah. show. Yeah. What? When we this were watching t- season. Sorry, go ahead. When we were watching season three of Star Trek, this for a while was a was a uh, one day at a time podcast. Oh on yeah. Netflix. Now is the time when people are watching more shows than ever because of coronavirus. Not Veronica. Oh, I just have no, so she's much- cutting up bodies. Um, I watch movies. I like watching movies. Oh, like, uh, okay, okay. I'm not that, that completely out okay. of this planet. Okay. I also like uh, reading books. I like watching I- Hook. I- <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the only thing I do. I once watched The Bodyguard like 20 times on repeat, just like a full day. Whoa! Uh, I've never seen The Bodyguard. Like you could write a book uh, about that. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I Did don't you know do that during just... coronavirus or some other era? And well, it better be, and it better be as good as King Leah. It was <laughs> equally special. Uh, it was I when I was nine. 
I, I, when I was seven, it was the first time I traveled in, on a plane. Mm-hmm. And I came to the States. Well, no, the first time I was born in the States and then I was moved, was removed into Venezuela by my parents when okay. I was one. Okay. But ever since I wanted to fly and then I flew out twice to Miami, to my aunt's house. I don't know why. Just me by myself. And mm-hmm. then uh, she had the bodyguard on repeat all weekend. So Wait, so you watched it secondhand. It was your aunt's initiative to keep it on constantly? Yes, yes. She was just like... Whoa. Because she I felt awkward around you and wanted to fill the silence? <laughs> Why would she invite me then? She was the one who was like... Relatives are complicated. Uh, she probably invited uh, you out of sense of duty and then realized like, oh my gosh, I don't know this kid. What are we going to talk about the whole time? I'm a grown-up who loves Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston and she's some... That's so funny. ...kid from Venezuela. I guess we'll just watch The she's Bodyguard She's so cool. She's from Venezuela. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'll let her know that I'm cool too. We're just going to watch The Bodyguard all weekend. It's basically she was the coolest thing. Intimidated by me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, most kids like to skateboard and do whatever, but we right. like the bodyguard here. Yeah. It does feel oh, like yeah, a I think I was dumb that project. I said skateboard. Hurry, yeah. turn to the bodyguard. <laughs> it was it was it was special. Like I was in the suddenly in the United States and it, the States has such a different smell. And then um and and just like it smells like bodyguard country. They just like <laughs> hammer me with this like movie <laughs> over and over. How old were you? I like nine? Yeah, that's not usual. It's unusual. It's an unusual yeah. memory I have. It's a good memory, so. though. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, just I have a terrible memory. Face. I really? don't remember things. Mm. There's people from my hometown. I'm, I'm still best friends with the same person I was friends with in fucking fourth grade. And I met her. Yes, you met her. And she... I follow her on Instagram. We like each other. Constantly, like... Like, okay, so you know Joe Brill? And I'm like, Right. She's like, You're Joe Brill, the one who did the mural outside of the Kowalskis. Joe Brill, Joe Brill, you went to prom with him. You went to prom with him twice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much. And, and, it, and I'll, I'll just be like, I don't. Where did you grow just, up? It, in Minneapolis. Is it because you want to leave your past behind? No, I just really have a bad memory. I mean, right. I drank a lot. <laughs> in high school? And college and after that. And that can affect your and memory. until four years ago, a it lot. It will okay. affect your memory. My brother also remembers nothing. <laughs> and I thought it was yeah. like trauma or something, but it seems like mm. some people are just like that. Yeah. It might also just be like that. I remember every sequence of like feelings and like a tiny eyebrow she's motion real, that yeah, you did. She's an empath. It's annoying. Yeah. Mm. Jose, Jose, my husband's like traumatized by this uh, yeah, I bet. memory. Yeah. Because he's got real eyebrows and they be moving <laughs> up and down. I'm just Not like, subtly. and remember when your dad subtly like kind of glanced at me and he's like, no. No, oh, please. Veronica, I had a dream last night I wanted to tell you oh, about. Oh, boy, here we go. Veronica really likes this and it's fun when the guest doesn't. Um, so- uh, no, I have so many. Uh, I'm happy because my co-host on my podcast hates it when I talk about dreams, even when they're really interesting. So I will share a dream okay, when you're done with your dream. Loves it. Okay, go. I Tell your dream. She Tell loves your dream. It. Tell your dream. I dreamt last night mm-hmm. that I was. Um, so my boyfriend Garrett is eight years younger than me, and as you know, I'm in my late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is not wanting to get married to me because. Um, of very many reasons. One of them is that marriage is a sham and a 
tool of the patriarchy, but also. Whoa, it's getting political in here. Okay. I'm like. <sighs> yeah, it's like Chapo Trap House. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> Shut up. But I don't understand why you're not taking advantage of a system if it's a scam. Like, this is what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah. And I, he also doesn't want to get married because he does not want a wedding because he doesn't like people looking at him. Okay, here That's we go. That's funny. And I, and one more reason is that he is younger than me and he's, he's had less relationships. So for him, he's always having a little bit of doubts about like, uh, like this is good, but like, is, is it, it the, right, you know, because right, like I'm right. younger and I don't know. And he's only had like two serious girlfriends his whole life. And so he's just like, ah. And so I had a dream last night that like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I need a wedding. So I'm going to start I sending you out on dates. And I started sending him out on dates with younger women. Just to run up his miles was, so that he would be less resistant mm-hmm. to, to settling down with yeah. you. Okay. And I was like, they were really young and beautiful and these like young, like sort of uh, younger than me and like these sexy athletic women who were just like, and I would do these in my head, in my dream, I do these video montages introducing themselves to me. Like, here's Ashley, you know, and, <laughs> like in The Bachelor. Right. And, um, and I was like, this sucks. He's going to love her. But I was like, I just got to hold on because I need that ring, baby. How long that have was the two the of you dream. been seeing each other? Three years. Okay. And I told him about it. And he was like, babe. And I was like, honestly, you've got a really good situation here. Because if I try this, all you have to do is go on dates with hot women. Well, it's a tricky time right now because of coronavirus. But other than that, I know, but we'll wait it out. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It is. It really is. And for him, time. it's like, hello, do it. Right. Will he do it? Hey, guys. Hey, guys, my girlfriend is forcing me to go on dates with supermodels and get a lot of experiences so that eventually I'll settle down with her. Oh, my metaphysic fields are going to be totally corrupted by the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Like that? So would you do it in real life? Was your dream telling you an anxiety or was it telling you uh, an <laughs> option? I don't know. Because I don't feel anxiety right now. And I didn't. And in the dream, I didn't feel anxiety. I just felt emotion. Is that? Like, I guess anxiety emotions? is an emotion. <laughs> well, it's Fuck. a set of emotions. Now you fucked me up. Nah, you yeah, fuck me right up. Wait, what do you think? See, uh, see, this is Veronica listening to your dream. She asks you about your feelings about it right, right afterwards. Yeah, yep. Like this is a, this is a competent dream here. We've got. Because I'm trying to figure out what you're doing, what your what your yes, brain is, is trying important. to tell you. So I'm trying to um, figure out what your brain is doing to you. Well, I figure that out. Why don't we hear David's dream? This dream is super interesting and intense. I dreamt that I was at an Iron Maiden concert with my high school friend, Mike, and we were watching the show and we were loving it. And we turned to each other and I said, is Power Slave by Iron Maiden the best heavy metal album ever made? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, we can both agree that it's the best heavy metal album cover ever made. And then a guy walked by in front of me and coughed on me. And I realized, (gasps) oh my God, coronavirus. What am I doing at this crowded concert? Oh shit. I totally forgot about coronavirus. And that was the end of the dream. I feel like coronavirus making it into your dream. Wow! At this point, it's only the second time it's happened. Is two too, too many? Sort of two more than me. Really? Yeah, two more than me as well. You guys have literally never had a dream where it's explicitly about the worldwide pandemic that has affected all of our lives. No, that's incredible. I never factored. It's manifesting differently for me because like, you're uh, worried that your boyfriend might want to go kiss a pretty lady. You don't have time in your mind. To worry about this fatal <laughs> illness 
that is rewriting American history? I predict that my brain won't attach to the current events till like three months uh, from now. Uh, uh, okay. But it's been three months since it started. Your three month window is come and gone. Where's that first wave of coronavirus I dreams? Know. It's not going to happen. Wow. Not until it, it'll take my brain a long time to digest what's happening and then make a big like make a dumb story about it for my subconscious to unravel. Right. I had a dream that I was like uh, in a different planet. And so I could see Venus from where I was. It was nice, uh, but it was kind of gray. And then like uh, the weather in Venus is gray. <laughs> it was like gray. And then we had uh, it was like a, I, I was working in a building. People were sneaking me around. Sure. So I have like a, a continuous dream where doesn't matter if it's like in the jungle or Venus or on Earth, but I'm kind of like master at like really long range weapons and and I'm like sneaking around from people. So that's most of my my trauma. Adventure gets in. turned into adventure narratives, thriller narratives. Yeah, so type. Yeah. I'm mostly in danger and pretty stressed. So it's mm-hmm. I, but mm-hmm. I do come from Venezuela. So yeah, with the coronavirus, those kind of dreams that I've always had, they kind of like reactivated my my Venezuelan. Kind of PTS. So you are in se- in essence having coronavirus dreams. <laughs> in a way. It's yeah, just it's, not appearing it's reflecting as coronavirus, right? Yeah. Is I also start- had a dream I went to Ireland and my mom showed up and I I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And so, yeah. Can I ask a Star Trek question? Mm-hmm, you may. No. Is Counselor Troy, oh. she's like the therapist, right? Or is she a diplomat yes. who's just empathic? Therapist. She's, she's a is- chip's counselor. Okay. Yeah, she- and counselor means ranking. counselor means like guidance counselor, like like emotional well being counselor, right? Emotional yes. well being. It's not a political yeah. title, right? No. So does she not do really? Do they have it's, therapy on the ship? Do they have therapy episodes and dream episodes? Tons of them. Tons and even okay. they explore they explore uh, the idea that that data the android eventually obtains the the capability of having dreams. Oh. And how terribly confusing that is for him. And sure. what, what are they? And yeah, yeah, why yeah. Do, does he suddenly have a dream? And mm-hmm. just like all of that. And then they don't answer way. it. Um, the last clip I wanted to pull is, ab- is about the tennis racket. Please. Because that one is really important. I thought it was cool. It's, what is tennis is how I felt about it. Like in the future, what happens to tennis? Hi, Guinan. Hello. Ooh. Somebody's birthday? Not unless it's yours. It's for you. For me? What's the occasion? It's a thank you for giving me a good kick in the butt. Oh, now, I didn't, uh... Now, I did some research. This is the latest design, state of the art. It is specifically designed to cushion all vibrations so you will never have tennis elbow again. (sighs) Thank you, Doctor. This looks like a great racket, but, uh... I don't play tennis. Never have. <laughs> I was wrong. She doesn't refer to purchasing yeah. the racket. That's, no money, baby. That's on me. No money. There's no money. There's no money. She acquired it. No money, no problems. Truly? Yes. And then food replicators, no problems. But this tennis racket, though, let's not skip over that it has a curved. <laughs> yeah, it looked amazing. I like stuff like that. It looked way heavier than a tennis racket <laughs> has any right to be. It was made out of solid it's made of metal. <laughs> like, or plastic, heavy right. looking. Right. 
plastic and it it doesn't only look like it doesn't it cushions vibrations it looks like it it only makes vibrations like, yeah it's it like playing be... tennis with a frying pan your wrist is going to get completely wrecked and that's gonna, it's like yeah it's going to shutter playing all the, baseball shutter with a, all the way with up an to your all elbow. aluminum bat right with no tape on the end yeah. that's what i was like, going to say it's like uh it's like uh going to the batting cages and using one of those those bats to play tennis oh my god it's and and then the little like curved but i love the like wooden box it comes in it was a it's cool like box a, it's a Suzuki. <laughs> it's so cool looking. The the art direction on this show. My last notes on on my notepad are space tennis racket. That was the last thing I yes. wrote down. So of good eye. How could you Alice, not? I agree with you. It was a cool climax. I have a question. Mm, yes. Mm. Well, I have yes. more questions. Okay. Because so I'm curious. You supposedly never watched Star Trek, but somehow you know it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> know it, know all about it. You're fascinated by the yeah. tech of Babel. I I get the general impression that you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Are you gonna watch more episodes? So you think this is something that you'd be like into, or you're like, ah, oh, too late. I don't need. I don't need to do this. Well, I enjoyed watching this episode because it was actually, I have to say, more interesting than I thought it would be because I did think it was interesting that it was about correct um I like the structure of it I like the whodunit nature of it I liked that it was about a scientist and people disputing scientific inquiry and stuff I thought all that yes. stuff was pretty interesting I so what do you think what do you think it was gonna be about I just you know going down to a planet and fighting an alien and then being done you know and then going More home action, again actiony actiony yeah I guess I misremembered how mellow it is yeah right you know because this show is is actually like about about sci-fi stuff and it's like star wars is the action show and the crazy thing is that you watch an episode with one of the cooler action sequences in it which is when she fights the guy who's who's sort of like t2000 on a shuttle while they're barreling into the sun <laughs> exactly frankly yeah and they did blow their sci-fi budget their sfx budget on her blowing a hole in the middle of him and then realizing like Which, oh my gosh it went all the way through him they must have been so excited because that was an iconic visual from <laughs> t2 terminator actually 2. i do want to but did they just green screen in that portion of the of the movie right into his belly maybe yeah, yeah. um I just want to show that part of it because I do want you guys to see the way that she has to control the phaser. It's really funny to me. Sick ass kick. All right, hits him once. Hole in his body. Terminator. Okay, watch this. It's so funny to me that you have to, Wait, like, quickly, like, you're like, oh, no, it didn't kill him. Dick, right. dick, dick, dick. You have to, like, use it as a remote control <laughs> and, like, enter a code. To That's increase like, the volume of the to laser. Do, do kill mode. <laughs> I did like a, I took out my facial recognition in my iPhone and that's how I feel all the time. That's like, exactly what I was saying. Like you're <laughs> constantly like, and you enter it wrong. And so imagine you're doing the phaser and you're like, bah, 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 and it's like, eh, and you're like, no, and it's like <laughs> butterflies. This has been a great episode. And I would like to thank you, David, for being here. Is there anything you'd like to 
parting words? Well, as you guys are fans of Star Trek and I'm a fan of Technobabble, is EPS flow regulation a thing in the Star Trek universe or did they make this up for this episode? Uh, This is the first time I've heard it. Okay. Let's see. Did you Google? Did you Google? Not since we we started recording. I didn't want to. EPS flow regulator. Yeah. Because d- at Game one point Pedia, they say, Game run a Pedia. diagnostic on the EPS flow regulator. And that's to help them figure out, I believe, if the shuttle's been compromised, right? Star but Trek they never Online. say what EPS stands for. I thought maybe it was like electro pulse signal. I, I've never heard EPS flow regulator before. All right. If you, can, if you continue watching and it comes up, just... Uh, tachyon beam? Constantly. Ping me. Yeah, tachyon right. Exactly. is all the time. Yeah. Everything's tachyon. Yeah. And I always think about things being sticky because mm-hmm. they're tacky mm-hmm. on. Oh, no, that's got too much tacky on on it. Mm-hmm. When you're putting um, up posters on your dorm room walls. Putting up posters. Got that the blue tacky on. They say it comes off, but later on it yeah. leaves the stain. They use it They use it twice in DS9, once in TNG, and uh, once in Enterprise. So they they've, right. they kept it's, using it's it. Real. But online, uh, it only seems, it's only in forums of like video games and stuff. Okay. Thanks for checking. Good enough, right? Yeah. I thought we could sing I Saw the Sun as a way to leave the show. Then it was a Star Trek podcast about to end. Star Trek podcast. I'm happy with cutting people's faces in pieces. And I bother, I just wanted to fly into my shuttle craft. I want to fly. I saw the sun. (laughs) And it opened up my eyes. I saw the sun. I'm actually playing dead. I'm not dead. You think that I am dead. I think it actually we're like way ahead of it. Yeah, you guys hit the chorus a little early. We did. Okay. Okay. Let's try it again. All right. Now we can go. I, I pilot at my shuttle and I stole it from the guy whose shuttle is the captain of this show. John Luke Picard and I wouldn't want it to Steal the science of this Ferengi. He's a twerp and I don't like him. I stole this shuttle and I flew it into the sky and I stole it. I'm so bad. I saw the sun. I flew into the star. I saw the sun. Science is demanding. Without understanding. It's funny to me to think of your track that you're recording at home that's just separate from the music. That acapella. And Anna having to deal with that. <laughs> it's true. It's all Anna having to deal with this. And that's why we'd like to thank Anna first as we thank our guests as we leave this show today. Yes, yes. Um, it has been a fantastic time having you all. Uh, and Anna, thank you. thank you for doing, thank you for producing this show day in and day out. You're just amazing at it. And we thank you so much. Please check out Dicktown on FXX and Ooh. on Hulu. Part of the FXX cake block, as Crushed well it. as My Fighting Technique is Unstoppable, also part of the cake block. An Election Profit Makers podcast with Starly Kine and John Kimball, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where the stakes are high. Because the world might end, but also <laughs> there's money involved. You, uh, exactly. You captured the spirit um, perfectly. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Well, I really David. appreciate I'm you guys letting me come on. It was fan. really fun to revisit this show. Thank you for picking such a cool episode. And thanks for answering my questions. And, and yeah, I really appreciate it. It was fun. 
Thank nice you. Nice to see you to again, see you Alice, both. after many years. And nice to meet you, Veronica, and meet a fellow collage artist. Thank you. Uh, nice meeting you as well. Oh, wow. They're here. They really love it. Well, they, they really it. like you. They really like you. Like really, that's they're a never, huge deal. They're, they're never, never that like enthusiastic. That. Yeah. No. I'm very they're flattered. Actually more, more chill. Uh, I'm just fascinated by your specific techno babble notes, like the fact that you copied and translated direct dialogue from. Yeah, that's the... really good. But that's the kind <laughs> of stuff that I think makes sci. It can make sci-fi so fun because it does suggest, you know, it's a very. Another quick way world, to yeah, yeah just build out a huge world and then i always can't help but wonder like did they just make this up for this episode or is this going to carry right. through like when i was a kid and i was into star wars and i knew all about all these different star wars backstories about spaceships yeah. and stuff it's a very nostalgic feeling so thank you for giving me yeah. the excuse to revisit it's good. it well thank you that's great i love that i really love that and i wish you the best in your quarantine alice i know that's going to be well you know, yeah, thirteen yeah, days. Yeah, You'll. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I got. How get are one you of those. doing? That's amazing. How are you doing with that, Alice? What are you gonna do the next thirteen days? I'm sorry. It's just I. I need to know. But you're gonna be in a hotel room for thirteen days. You'll see. Well, we'll talk again on Friday, so you'll see how, how crazy I've, I've gone. But I've got my whole setup here. I'm actually going to do a morning show um, for the the. There's like the entire cast of the show. Pretty much. There's a few other cast members who are not here. But there's like seven or eight of us, including writers that are um, the director who is in this hotel type thing. We're all in different rooms throughout the building. And so my friend who's above me and I are going to do a morning like radio show I, called I Level AM. Socially? Where we play songs and talk and be like, welcome to the Level AM radio. Morning Zoo. And we're going to do like a Morning Zoo radio for the residents of the level who are on this show. And they can tune in and it's going to be like a quarantine radio show that we're going to do That's tomorrow. an amazing idea. Good luck. Yeah. That's really good. You. What kind of music are you going to play? He's going to do the music. He's very into like early 80s, like pop synth stuff that's very like, like, He's played some song Ooh. earlier that sounded like it was the the theme song to like Three Men and the Little Lady or something. So, well, good luck. My, I just asking because my witch said check on your Taurus friends, and I just heard this thirteen day thing. So, okay, thank you, thank you very much. You know, I love you. Okay, I love you too. Yeah, All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. See you later. Okay. 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 See you. Pleasure right. doing stuff. With bye, you. David. Bye. bye. Bye, guys. Bye, David. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Yeah.